Welcome to the Hybrid Human Podcast. My name is Zach Ryan, and each week, myself and my co-host Chase Price will be exploring the intersection of wellness, business, entrepreneurship, and more. Get ready to learn, grow, and evolve with us on the Hybrid Human Podcast. So I was around that a lot, like in high school and stuff growing up around like pretty high level athletes. And my dad uh, is the athletic trainer for Ohio State football team. So like I grew up like in the locker room, like around like really high level athletes. And so when I first wanted to get into training, like I saw myself around like athletes like that, like wanting to help like high level athletes get from like good to great. Um, but as I started working in gyms and working at places like cycle bar and kickboxing studios, like I found myself like way more attracted to the person who doesn't have as many options, you know, in like high level athletes, like everyone wants to train with them. They'll pretty much train them for free. Right. Just to like, honestly, for themselves to get themselves out there to get experience. Um, I was more attracted to like the girl in the back corner who like no one talks to but like needs it more than anyone you were looking for the Anne hathaways that yeah. you could turn into dude i was just <laughs> i was just like the, the the fitness space obviously is so saturated right so it's like you have to find like what what your niche is going to be if you want to be successful as a coach um and like my learned and earned experience was with those type of people not so much with the athletes like I wasn't a pro athlete. I wasn't at that level. So I don't know if the trust was there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but being on a show on TLC with a woman with PCOS, with people that are struggling with like extreme amounts of weight loss, like I earned trust there. So that's like where I fell into. And then being in front of like a large audience like that, I almost felt like, I almost felt like a responsibility coming out of there with like an audience looking to me as a trainer to help people like that. So then like for the last like six years, I just like really dug into like learning as much as I can about that type of person, like what their struggles are. And then like taking my expertise as a coach and helping them like transform that in whatever way I can. So that was like the journey for me in like a condensed version was just like, man, I just, I wanted to find who I could best serve. And I wanted it selfishly to be like pro athletes. Like, so does everyone, right? It's just cool. Um, but it ended up being people who needed me like as much as I needed them. I feel like that's something most fitness trainers struggle with. Um, is identifying like, you know, the core yeah. of, of who they want to work with because they see themselves and they're like, I want to work with probably people like me, but yeah. maybe that's not what your skill set best aligns with or anything yeah, well, like that. And I'm curious your opinion on trying to find those people and identifying what that is for them. Well, and, and two, building a business, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have to take care of your family. So it's like, how am I also going to best be able to do that? Because like, I just got married, I had a kid. So now it's like, I've got a lot more to worry about than just myself. So like teaching 10 classes at cycle bar a week, like just wasn't going to cut it for me anymore. Like I had to like really start to decide, am I going to like take this all the way and like build something that can support more than just myself? Or like, am I going to do like just kind of what's selfish and just continue to keep getting me by? 
Um, and even when I shot with you the first time, man, I really still hadn't like narrowed down what I was doing yet. It was still more just like, we help women, mm-hmm. right? And like, I, I follow um, Russell Brunson a lot and read a lot of his stuff, like the founder of ClickFunnels. And he's just like, he was, I read so much on him about like f- becoming like a, like the expert in whatever your field is, right? So when you're in, in, in sales or whatever it is, it's like, there's really like kind of three avenues you can take when you're trying to make money and it's health, wealth, and relationships, right? Those are kind of like your three categories. And then there's, you know, subcategories within each one. And then like just helping women, it's still, you kind of were speaking to no one. So I was like, how can I take this, like create an even further subcategory and become like the king of your category, right? Where you think of like kings of categories, like Apple who takes up 70, 80% of the space and then everyone else fights over the rest. Um, for me, I was like, what, what's the category that we can become the king of and be known as like the people who you go to when, if you have PCOS or if you have diabetes and you are struggling to lose weight, like how can I position myself to be that person? So it became like kind of like a game for me of just figuring out like how to best position it to be that person. And it was just like, learning it and earning it the whole way, just continuing to consume knowledge, like interviewing other people that have done it, interviewing people with those things, um, and then applying it as best you can. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read um, the Alex Hermosi book uh, about the gym launch? Yeah. You read that one? I just ordered his next one that just came out like I, two days ago. I saw that, dude. I'm very excited to read that one. I think that, yeah. one, that one's more about lead generation. It's like a $100 million leads or something. Yeah, yeah. which I'm stoked about. But I read the other one um, talking about, I guess it was just called Gym Launch. Um, and there's a subtitle there. I don't remember yeah. what it was. But it was about putting together like packages and, and things like that and creating, uh, well, there's a lot of steps in that process, but did you read that book when you were coming up? I just read it and started to apply it because it's universal almost. I mean, I started yeah. to apply it to my video, video business, but I'm curious if you used any of the principles in that because that's like the creed for a lot of gym and business owners, yeah. although you're not a gym owner, but you're in the space. Yeah, yeah. So I read it actually like probably like six months ago. Mm-hmm. So I was already into it. But like I said, I mean, when I met with you, that was probably what, two, maybe three years ago, like we still were figuring out like what our niche was going to be. So like things like that were super helpful for me. And you're right. I mean, he, he's a gym owner and I'm not. And like Russell Brunson owns like, he's like a tech guy, owns like a, you know, like a website builder, Mm. but you can take all those things and apply them. Right. I mean, it's the same, it's the same idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Hermosi stuff is awesome, obviously. Yeah, like he's, he's like one of the best entrepreneurs of like our generation. He's the man. And I'm just thinking about when you and I worked together uh, at the beginning and kind of talking about not knowing where exactly you were going with it. Because even as the agency working with you, I was still a little bit confused because you're catering to middle-aged female demographic, mm-hmm. but the video was about you and your business partner. Yeah. So I was a little confused on yeah, that a lot, for just sure. to be fully transparent. hundred percent. You know, but that's and like, you still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we got, we still get that a lot, right? Because it's like, I'm a, I'm a th- almost 35 year old man running a company that helps women with PCOS. So like our main 
objection, I'll call it, I guess, is like, what do you know about this? Right. So I really had to work hard to position myself. And I probably know more about like the female body and, and hormonal issues than I would say probably most 30 ish year old men that you'll ever meet. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I <hope so. laughs> um, but I had to. Right. But it, 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 it didn't become about me at that point. Right. I also had to build a, a really strong team around me to support it. Cause like I had the vision and I definitely don't do everything. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I stay really in my lane with what I'm good at with my business. And I brought other people on like my mom, right? Like, you know, like I was on, when I was on that show, like, like the, the star of the show, she was kind of the person that let, allowed people to build trust with me in that space. And I knew that I had to replace like that, like attractive character. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like who my mom became. Um, so we, I mean, we talk all the time, her and I obviously, and like, I, I usually bring people into the business, but she definitely keeps them. What's your philosophy when you're approaching that demographic? Cause I, I would imagine it's very, to your point, niche and mm -hmm. strategic and very defined swim lane. So like, yeah. what is the philosophy around that? Um, we just, we just try and put our message out, you know, like we, we don't, we don't go to anyone trying to sell anything. Uh, we don't, we really just try and show what it is that we do, um, and, and, and showcase people that we have helped and how it has changed their lives. It was really hard at first, just again, being a guy in that space, you're not trusted. So you have to earn it. Um, so our philosophy with it, man, is just like we have to earn people's respect in the space. And then if you can just get them to to trust you at first and and I mean, people in fitness, when they're trying to lose weight, especially have tried so many different things. Yeah. Right. So we wanted to not make a, an offer that was an improved offer on what everyone else was doing. Like we're not like an improved Weight Watchers or an improved keto or whatever. This is an entirely new opportunity. So a lot of the fears that people have going into weight loss programs, we're comfortable saying you might not even experience that here because this is not an improved offer. This is a completely new one. Um, and that's what all those things started as, right? It's like they all created their own subcategory of something else and became a new opportunity. And that's why people became comfortable trying it. And we needed to become not an improved offer, but a completely new thing. Yeah. I feel like in traditional you know, personal trainer environments, there's like a very clear understanding of, Hey, it's, there's a physical aspect to it. You got to train, you got to yeah. track calories, macros, whatnot. But I feel like on, you know, that side, the challenge is more mental or an, and emotional. Sure. And on your side, it's, I would imagine the opposite. Like you have physical limitations and physical challenges heading into day one before the emotional and, and mental side comes into play. So what's your take on that? Yeah. A lot of it's just pattern <clears throat> breaking at first. You know, um, I've coached a lot of kids in my life and they're so much easier to coach because they don't have a lifetime of pattern that you mm. have to interrupt, you know, like you, that's why you see like these, like, I mean, I follow boxing like crazy and you see like 18, 19, 20 year olds that are just like insanely successful so early and even, you know, whatever sport you choose. Right. I mean, these kids are becoming crazy successful at a young age because they're, there's no pattern to break, right? Like women with PCOS and the hormonal things that we're dealing with, like they're in lifetimes of patterns. So like yeah. the first two, three months is just like 
creating a new routine and breaking cycles and 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 interrupting patterns that they've been doing for however long 40 years sometimes Decades. i mean we've got people in our program that are 65 so like they're trying to interrupt patterns that they've been doing for 50 years um so that's a huge focus for us before we even get to anything that's like exercise what are you eating whatever it's like are you just like do you trust yourself are you waking up on the first alarm like are you doing the little things yeah and a lot of times it's no yeah once you get past that what's your you know how do you balance the pushing your client from a physical perspective but also like tapering them a little bit and, and holding them back so they don't get injured or anything like that because there's obviously a physical aspect to it yeah for sure um the first you know the first like four weeks is like that honeymoon phase you know yeah. it's like everyone's super excited about something new that they're doing so they're very excited you know but we see like the four or five six weeks in to a program is like when you really need to start to push people and really like test them and hold them accountable and we have a process that we go through day one before they even come into our program that it's like look like this day is coming where you're not going to want to do this right like how are you going to respond what type of coaching do you respond best to um because it comes you know there's going to be days you don't want to do it and like what type of coaching like because everyone needs coaching in different ways so i i really do a good job of getting in front of like excuses essentially yeah yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like they're at that point too, if they're coming to you and they're willing to pay money like monthly or weekly, whatever it is, like yep. they're fed up or they're ready to make a change at, you know, where they're at from today. Yeah. I mean, if you pay, you pay attention. So, you know, I mean, I, we, we hold retreats and we do things like that where I've got family members and friends that have sat in for free. And then we've got clients that pay thousands of dollars. My friends and family members don't do anything, you know, yeah. they do nothing with it and they've sat in on five of them. Um, but the people who are investing in themselves and taking time, like you're really doing someone a disservice by not charging them. Um, and that's what I've had to teach a lot of my coaches is like, we don't need to feel bad charging a, a large amount for what we do because we are good at this and people need to pay attention and this yeah. is how they do it. Yeah. And you're making an impact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I like that. If you, uh, if you pay, you pay attention. And I feel like that mm -hmm. cascades across a lot of different, you know, avenues, not just fitness. Yep. Zach loves the one liners. He's going to stick that one in his back pocket. Bro. Yeah. Friends that'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll be on IG in about a week. Well, friends yeah. and family are the worst, man. <laughs> no, I, I agree. They're the worst. They want the disc, they want the discount, the but they don't do discount. anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard to hold them accountable. It's, uh, you know, and, and, and typically the people that are getting the discount, they want the most from you. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So we've been, I, I've been through all that, you know, I've tried to help my friends out for free. It just becomes a headache, you know, it strains relationships and stuff. So like, I, I, I try to even stay away from it, just coaching friends and stuff. Now, you know, I'm pretty well connected in the space. So I'm happy to pass people along to people that I know that can probably help them be more successful than I can as a friend. Yeah. I feel like I've seen, and this is a theme in running as well. Like People will sign up for a coach. They'll pay, you know, a month, two months, whatever it is, and they'll not see the results that they, you know, were hoping for, whatever yeah. those are, right? So expectations probably were not properly set. And they blame the coach. Yeah. They're like, this plan stinks, or they don't know what they're talking about, whatever it is. But nine times out of 10, they didn't put the work in. They weren't doing what they actually said they were. Yeah. Is that a theme for you as well? For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, 
you know, you, you don't pay and get results, right? It's really just the start of, of, sure. of it. You know what I mean? Like the initial investment and that's, it's, it's typically the hardest part. Um, but that's like when the real work has to begin, you know what I mean? Like most, most coaches, I mean, there's like some shysty ones out there for sure. that just want to collect your money and whatever, but yeah. the good coaches, like they know what they're doing. They're there for a reason. Like they've earned the place that they're in to charge whatever they are. Um, I mean, that's how probably most clients found them, I would assume yeah. from, from some sort of, you know, success story that they've seen or heard. Sure. Um, you know, but th there's not a secret sauce, man. It's, you know, if you show up, then you're hard to beat. Yeah. How much of your business is, is online versus in person? Like what 100%. is that? percent. hundred percent online. hundred percent online. So no, like one-on-one -on -one personal. Uh, I'll do some one-on-one -on -one stuff that's outside of my business, like, like I just like to box. So I boxed some kids and, and gotcha. some people in my neighborhood and stuff, but you know, I mean, 99% or hundred percent gotcha. online. What are, uh, so, so you talked about habits where people get into these, basically the day to day and go through the motions <clears throat> and they have these built up habits over a course of years. What are the, some of the toughest ones to break down that you see pretty consistently? Um, the main one is just like terrible relationships with themselves, right? So people have become so accustomed to breaking promises with themselves that the next one is just too easy. Every promise that you break to yourself, the next one becomes easier. And most people think the first promise, especially in fitness that they need to make is some big one, right? Like as a runner, some people are like, I'm going to run a marathon. Like you don't run at all right now. Right. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, right. So it's right. like the first promise to yourself, if it's that, like, that's an easy one to break. Yeah. Right. So like, if you can make your first promise to yourself on day one, just like waking up when you say you're going to do and not like being the 430 alarm and 432, 434, 437 person or whatever it is, then like you can at least start your day with some momentum. Um, so we, that is literally the first habit that we teach is make one promise to yourself in the morning and keep it because then you're going to want to make another one and keep it. And they've got to be small, mm -hmm. um, depending on where you're starting. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people come in and they're, you know, they're ready to do a little bit more and they, and they can take on a little bit more in the beginning. But for beginners, the majority of the people that we coach, it's like, you got to make a small deal with yourself and you got to keep it because you have no relationship with yourself. You got no trust with yourself. And that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. You know, because every time you say you're going to do something, it's like, I'm going to meal prep seven days this week. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, let's just meal prep your breakfasts. Yeah. Let's right. Start with, with something <laughs> yeah. that we can do consistently. Do you build out your plans with an end goal in mind, like, like a 12 week plan or something like that, rather than going like open ended month to month type thing? Yeah. Um, we have six and 12 month programs that we do. Um, most of our clients stay with us on average, I would say about 18 months. Um, but I don't take anything shorter than that because it's more for them than for us. Um, more people need the people that we coach need more time than 30 days to get where they're going. Mm -hmm. Um, so doing something for 30 days is an easy out for them. Um, and, and we're looking to coach committed people who, you know, they want long-term, you know, long-term changes. And, and, you know, I, I don't coach people who have huge athletic goals or whatever, but like I coach people who are a lot like me who just want to like 
keep up with their kids and be able to like be the mom or the dad that they want and like say yes to normal things and like be able to bend over and tie their shoes and like not be intimidated by a staircase, just like no brainer things um, that like cripple some people. Yeah. So commitment, you know, six to 12 months, most people stay longer. Um, but we, we require six months. Where do you see the magic start to happen when they are, it's kind of clicking finally, if, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, like everybody's going to be a little bit inconsistent here and there, especially cause they're not like dialed in athletes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I see it on day one, really? you know, I mean, I go through a vision. I have people literally paint out a vision with me of what they want, what they want for themselves. And if I'm hearing the right things, I'm like, I can see it in a person. I'm like, all right, they, this person gets it. Mm. Right. But if it's not that person and a lot of times it's not, and that's okay. Probably like 90 days. Really? Mm -hmm. Three months. Probably like 90 days halfway through. Um, I tell a lot of people when I talk to them on the phone, you know, cause a lot of my consultations, most of them are on the phone. Um, like if you can get to that point, I really just want the first 90 days to be like, just show up and follow the steps. And I don't even want this to be any really much of a teaching process until then. Like, of course, I want to start teaching and, and showing them the how and the why behind what we're doing and why we're doing it so they can do it on their own. Um, but for 90 days, like, forget about it. Just show up. Mm -hmm. And what's the toughest part for you? I mean, you've learned a lot over the last couple of years of doing coaching, especially being 100% remote. Like, what's the most challenging aspect for you in keeping these people accountable? Yeah, it's just getting them out of their own way. Um you know, finding some kind of support system with them. A lot of the women that we coach um, don't have a ton of support at home, like great husbands, great families, but they don't know a lot about what some of these women are going through, like hormonally and like how it affects their mind and then how it, that affects like their day to day and then their relationship and work. And like husbands and wives just sometimes don't talk about that stuff. Like we just did a retreat recently and there was a couple husbands that came. It was probably 40 of our clients, all women, and like three of them brought their husbands. And the husbands were like sitting back and like really listening to like the stories that their wives were telling. I could tell like they've never heard them talk like this before and they're together all the time. And so we're doing another one and I'm like, bring your husbands. Like, because it's the most important thing to have the support and like at home because it is remote, you know? And so we can only do so much. If you don't answer the phone, like we can't come to your house. You live in Nebraska. Um, but having the support at home and not just like being there, right? Most of them have great families and husbands, like I said, but they just don't talk about some of this stuff because it's like sometimes like they were with me at first, like you're a guy, like, what are you going to know about hormones? What are you going to know about PCOS and cortisol and sleep and stress and some of the things I'm going through, like after having a baby, you know what I mean? Like, so they talk to their friend or whatever it is, but like, this is the person you're with all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my wife's got type one diabetes. Um, I know everything about it. We talk about my brother it. has it. We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I never knew anything about it before. And it's like, if I didn't know anything about it, it life would be hard for her. It, it is with me knowing about it. It's so, it, ta right. it takes your whole <laughs> life over. It's stuff that I'd never think of. Like we never think about the stuff that they have to do daily. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And so people just need to talk about it more at home with, with who they're with and who they're comfortable with and, and make sure that they've got people on board with, with what they're doing and what they're feeling like all the time.
That's a great point. Even with higher level athletes and, and whatnot is the importance of having a supportive partner at home. Yeah. Like I just think about myself and, you know, I'm not an elite athlete, but I do a I'd lot say of training. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Working towards it. Um, but like I do a lot of training, but if I didn't have a supportive partner at home that understood like, hey, you're going to commit, you know, around 15 to 20 hours a week to training. I understand that that's just part of how we're, we're going to do our relationship. Like I would hate my life because I'm coming back to an upset partner every single time I go for a run or something. Right. And it's the same thing for somebody starting their fitness journey from zero. They're committing maybe five hours a week to it, but their husband's like, I didn't have dinner ready and blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you don't have that supportive partner, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. And it's a little bit easier for us being younger, right? Like some of these women have been in relationships for 20 years and now they're trying to, bring this person on and then that person's life is immediately affected by it. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, unless the conversations had first, like, look, this is what I'm about to sacrifice and I need you to do it with me. Like that's tough. Like being, being in your routine for that long with someone else. Like I know we talked about like being it, like breaking patterns. Like it's not just for them. Like they're breaking a pattern in their whole house. Yeah. And if they have kids too, I would imagine that affects it even more. Yeah. Meals or, Whatever it may be. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it affects everyone in there, man. And like with the kids, it's a little bit easier, right? Because they're, I mean, they want to do what you're doing, but sometimes your partner doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Switching topics a little bit. I'm curious. There's been a, I'll call it controversial. I don't know how controversial it truly is, but like trends or fads. There's so many, you know, in the fitness industry. I think one of the latest ones was this Ozempic. Yeah thing can you talk about that is that something that your clientele is like hey ryan yeah what should we do should we do this should we try it does it yeah. work i feel like there's so many um myths about that, that especially are with your demographic yeah. i feel like they're all locked in they're like i saw this on dr oz what's the deal and my <laughs> wife my wife was on ozempic for a while oh yeah um, i've never heard of that I don't know what that is. Yeah, well, it's for diabetics. Okay. Yeah, maybe explain a little bit more of what it is and then talk through the- It's for diabetics, it's supposed to regulate blood sugar. It's it, it just hasn't been around for very long. So it's, it's controversial in the way that COVID can be, right? Mm-hmm. That COVID shots can be. Because some people are saying there's not enough research on this and others are like, there's these immediate results, right? So there's, there's a back and forth. Um, But I personally saw my wife have really bad side effects from it. Mm. Right. And like, she's someone who like, it was supposed to be for, um, so her and I's conversation was like, look, like if you're going to do this, like this cannot be a long-term solution. Right. Like, so, I mean, she was, she used it and, and she'll tell everyone about her story that she used it. Um, but it was just not a long-term solution for her. Um, we just, we don't know enough about it. We saw bad side effects. That was enough for me. Um, knowing like what I do, like with just routine and diet and exercise and what that can do if you're willing to put in the time and be consistent with that. Um, now I think, is there some people that, that it probably works for? Sure. We were not, she was not one of them. And I did not want her to be one because of what I saw her going through. So I'm like speaking from personal experience. I'm sure it works for some people. So I don't want to say like, don't do it or do it. But I saw what my wife was feeling. I saw the symptoms that she had. I saw like the digestive issues. I saw just all types of different things that she was feeling. I'm like, you should not be feeling like this. This is not normal to feel this way. So my personal opinion from my experience is like, I would not recommend it. I feel like it was positioned as this like magic 
thing. Like it's originally for diabetics to mm -hmm. your point, but relatively healthy, like 25 to 35 year old women were like, let me get on Ozempic and lose some yeah. weight before summer. And I just feel like it's just being positioned as something that it's totally not and originally not for. Right. Well, and then weeks later, it's like, you know, you got your knockoffs and your ones that are your copycats and your, I think it's Majorno or what, or something like that. And it's like the same thing. And there's all these other ones that are stacking up, right? Because it's, I mean, they're collecting money from it, right? right. I mean, people are using it. It does work in terms of just physical weight loss. Well, isn't it just an right? appetite suppressant? It's, so it's you're eating less calories? Right. So Is like it a pill? It's a shot. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. It's an injection. Um, so I, I specifically remember my <clears throat> wife saying like, I don't think about food at all. Like I'm just not, I don't, you know, like she would eat consistently regularly. It would kind of helped balance like the, the frequency and probably the volume of food, but the side effects were just not worth it. And I was like, we can do that other ways. It's just going to take longer. So yeah. if like you can buy into that process, then there's a better way to do it. But a lot of people don't want to buy into that process. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's definitely one of those things that's like, try this and you'll get results in 30 days. What was the old one? Like hydroxycut and right. all these different things that are just, you know, thermogenesis, whatever, yeah. you know, spike the metabolism, eat less. I mean, people will do whatever, right? I mean, people will take, you know, <clears throat> like laxatives if it means losing physical weight. Right. You know, I've seen, I mean, you've seen extremes and I, I try and not be in the, in the middle, but I also don't want to be on either side of extreme, right? Just like some, there's a, there's a good balance, right? you know what I mean? And like something like keto or something like that, that's, I'm cool with that. If that works for you, then that's great. Like it's not going to, it's, there, there's studies, it's not super harmful. And if you can consistently do that for your whole life, then like do that, right? Like all you're doing is manipulating one macronutrient essentially. So it's just like, there's just long-term studies. You're not putting anything in, you're not taking anything out, right? It's just a, a different way to manipulate what you're eating. Sure. And uh, this is just a whole new thing because you're, you're putting something foreign in your body. Yeah. Do you have a framework that you present to your clients after they get through that initial, whatever it is, 30 to 60 days where it's like, here's what you should be aiming for from a nutritional perspective. Here's what we want to do from a you know strength training and cardio perspective. Like how does that look? Yeah, for sure. So we, um, I mean, everyone's different, right? I mean, we customize everything to each individual, but you know, we typically start with like a calorie and a protein goal for people. Um, the majority, I would say 90% of the people coming to us are looking for weight loss, specifically fat loss, right? Um, so those typically are kind of the first two like ranges that we try and hit. Um, but we make people earn meal plans with us. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to give them something on day one and say, this is, you know, you got six ounces of this at this time. It's just setting people up for failure again. You Prove know? that you're invested. And um, then right. Prove that you can, can you, can you consistently hit a protein goal for four weeks? If you can, like, let's add another macronutrient goal into this. Like let's take it up another level, but like, we've got to work our way there. You've got to earn it. Um, some people do it quicker than others. Some people are okay with, I, I mean, I tell, I'm very upfront with like, look, this is a process. This is going to take a long time. Like if you're not okay with that, like go try something like Ozempic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the fitness industry and I'd love your perspective on it. This is just my take from what I've seen paints, like calories and protein in a negative 
fashion for females. Like it sounds like to me, females are not to generalize or be, you know, one yeah. gender versus the other, but right. you know, in, uh, what I've seen, I would say that females are more, um, timid or afraid for lack of a better word to eat more protein, eat more calories, eat more X and yeah. lift heavy weights because of whatever they've seen on the internet, which may or may not be true or false. So what's yeah. your, what's your take on that? Yeah. It's a lot of reprogramming of their brain, right? Because a lot of women that we see and that just that I've seen in general in my life of training is like a mentality of the less I eat, the less I weigh, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just a, it's a cycle of deprivation or cutting a restriction, cutting out an entire food group, cutting out an entire macronutrient, you know, whether it's fats, carbs, whatever it is. It, that's trending on TikTok right now. Girl dinner. I don't know if you guys have seen, seen it. No? It's like a theme of girl dinner and girls have like five grapes and that's their dinner or like a pack of crackers. Or yeah. Something. Just like random shit. That's I, I had a girl on a call <laughs> the other day tell me that she's she like she tracks her bites. Oh my gosh. Bites? Like how many bites? She's like, once oh I take goodness. like once I take eight bites, I'm done. And I'm like, Wow. Like does like two chews count? Like is that like is that like two bites? Like or is it like one mouthful? Like but I mean people come in with crazy things that they've heard and like they just they just have hope, right? Like they just want something to work. So like I I can't I can't hate on it because they're just searching for something, right? And we laugh, but it's like they probably saw this work for someone. And now they're like, maybe this will work for me. And they're just hopeful. It's coming from a good place too. Like they mm -hmm. have the right intention, right. the right end goal in mind. It's just how you get there. There's right. Well, they're, the, they're getting themselves in the right mindset <clears throat> of like just being conscious of what they're doing. Right. And like, it's a good place to start is you're, you're thinking about it at least, right? Like you want to learn, but like, this is all you've learned so far. And that's okay. Like we can build on that. Um, because we, I mean, I hear crazy stuff. That's one of the more extreme ones I've heard. But if someone's coming in and they're like, I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried whatever, I'm usually not in the mindset that they are where they think that they've failed over and over. I'm like, all right, well, like you want to keep going. Like, that's good. Like we've got a foundation because you, you keep showing up. Like we just got to find what the right thing is. Yeah. Have you found that People can be successful by doing just intuitive eating, generally speaking, sure. um, or that they need, because if you tell somebody, Hey, go from zero to like tracking everything in my fitness pal, yeah, it's a beast. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of intuitively eat, but that's because I have at least a base of knowledge. Are people successful without kind of that base of knowledge with intuitive eating? Or do you feel well, like let me they ask have you, to have you, least... have you spent a good chunk of time ever? doing that i spent like two days doing it i was like i okay. hate this i'm okay. not doing this because i'm the same as you like i just kind of intuitively eat but i also spent like a very consistent like six months so now i'm like really good at just because you know now i'm good at eyeballing it so a lot of people that come into our program i'm like look you probably are gonna have to make some sacrifices and do this for six months and like really dig into it but if you do it for six months straight and don't stop then you're not gonna have to do it again Mm -hmm. Right. Like our goal is not to bring you in and have you track all this stuff for your whole life. I don't want you to do that. I don't personally do it. Mm -hmm. But like if you can just give up six months and just do it and sacrifice it and just do what it takes to do it, then you're probably going to be good after that for life. Yeah. Yeah. Get your baseline. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. Because then, you know, like, you know what six ounces of chicken looks like, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know what a cup of 
vegetables looks like, right? Like if you do that consistently every day for six months, like either you're going to form a habit that you just like to do now and you're going to keep doing it, or you're going to be like, all right, I put my time in, I know what that looks like and mm -hmm. I don't have to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, this is such a, de a deep topic. We can talk about this all day, but I do want to transition and go towards, uh, the TLC experience for you. Yeah. So tell me about how that came about. We had uh, Kurt Sowers on the on the show, and he had a similar experience with reality TV. Yeah. Uh, did the producers reach out to you, like on IG, message you, and and what did that whole process look like from not being on TV to actually like getting on the show? <clears throat> Uh, if there was an audition or like, what did that look like? Yeah. So, um, her and I met online actually, uh, the producer, uh, no, the, the Whitney, like the star of the show. Okay. Uh, we met online. She lived in Greensboro uh, and we met up and we went out to lunch one day and I was already running a, um, just like an online, it was like my very first startup. I was running an online training business, um, <laughs> just from in, inside of my apartment, just like filming videos on my iPhone. And we went out to lunch and we were just like kind of talking about just like some ideas and stuff. So we really just started just kind of like a friendship and we would work out a little bit together. Um, she would film some videos with me. And then uh, she actually ended up going on like a, a cruise that she hosts for like her fans. Mm -hmm. And she was like, do you mind if I, um, you know, teach one of these workouts? Will you teach me how to teach these workouts to some of my my cruise goers? Let me stop you real quick, because I'm not familiar with the show or yeah. this girl, Whitney. So she already yeah. had a significant following. Yeah. So prior. she's there. I think she's on season 11 now. Oh, wow. And I came in on season six, I oh, think. Oh, wow. Okay. So she, I mean, was already really big in the space, had a big following and whatever. And um, so, yeah, I mean, she has a, a huge fan base. Cool. And, and what's her like thing? What's the premise of the show? Yeah, she has PCOS. It's just, it's a reality show about her, about her, just her and her life and her, it's her friends and her family. Okay. Um, and it's called my big fat, fabulous life. She lives in Greensboro, lives in Greensboro. And it's all shot and filmed in Greensboro. Uh, yeah, they travel around a little bit. Um, like we went to, we went to Paris. We went to, we, we went to like Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah. There's a Paris story I want you to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, you know, but mostly there, um, when her and I started working together, she actually bought a place in, uh, in Charlotte. So okay. we were filming back and forth between Greensboro and Charlotte. Um, but initially it, I was not a part of the show at all. Like we were just friends with each other. We were working out together. And she had, um, you know, asked me if she can, you know, teach this, this workout on, on one of her cruises. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I taught her just like a basic format of just like modified training that she could go through with some of her fans and stuff. And, um, and then after that, they invited me to come on, um, onto the show. So I did a couple seasons with them on there and it was really, my, my role was really just as like her workout partner. Like we would film videos together. Um, you know, it was all online. So they kind of built something around it where, you know, like we filmed workouts in Paris and just like different locations, like showing, like you can do this anywhere, right? Like you can do it from home. You can do it in Paris, I guess, if you want, um, you can do it in your apartment, whatever. So that was kind of like my role in there was just like as a friend, like, and, and, and we just worked out together. When, when y'all would film workouts, were they like legit workouts or would y'all kind of like stage it and just walk through it? No, no, they were legit. So, I mean, the, the. The programming that I came up with for that was we, we did 24 minute workouts. So we did 24 minute workouts from home. 
Um, and I still kind of do something similar to it now. And it was what I was doing before I even met her. Um, but I do like a 12 minute high intensity and that for the first 12 minutes, and then the second 12 minutes is like some sort of like body part focus. So it's split a little bit, like get your heart rate up and then like focus a little bit more for the second half on strength training. And it was a little bit more like, it was a lot of teaching, right? Just for very beginners, like using your body weight modifications with a chair, if you need it. Um, and just teaching people the basics of, of exercise, like how to squat, how to, you know, just do different things and take some maybe intimidating exercises, like intimidating movements to a beginner mm -hmm. and like breaking it down to like its simplest form and allowing them to like kind of progress through movements. Got it. Got it. And she was great for that. Right. Because mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like she used the modifications, um, and I didn't, so it was, you know, this is what, this is kind of what you're building up to. Um, but if you're right here right now, like this is okay too. Right. But like, we want to get you from here to here eventually. Mm -hmm. So it was a really, it, it worked really well. So when we shot together, I also met your, your business partner and I think your best friend, um, Chase. Yep. And tell me about how he came into the picture. Did he come in through you? Was he already on the show? Did you guys meet there? Did you know each other prior? What's the Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I've known Chase since college. <laughs> I was actually in a fraternity with him and Kurt was in our fraternity oh, really? as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, so Chase, I introduced the two of them and they started dating. Mm. So then he came on as her, like they were in a relationship. So, okay. so his role was much different than mine mm. because they were in a relationship and I was a business partner. And he kind of became the co-star of the show, I guess. One of them. Yeah. I mean, he had a definitely a bigger role than I did, mm -hmm. um, you know, because they were together all the time. You know, she had moved to Charlotte to start a business with me. And, and so, you know, they obviously did their own thing and, you know, him and I maintained a relationship through it. And then, you know, I, um, he's an accounting guy. So I brought him on initially with us to, you know, just help us with shit that I just do not know about. Sure. Which is like, you know, I mean, that's a, an, another conversation, just that part of the business that you have to learn mm -hmm. um, that I did not want to. So um, here I had Chase and he was really good at that stuff. So um, it was it was it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then uh, I do remember like distinctly when when we shot, I heard a story about like in Paris and I think shit hit the fan with um, was it was it Chase where they did something on the Eiffel Tower or do you know what I'm talking about? Chase proposed to her on the Eiffel Tower. Okay, this, that's what happened. And then there was like a fallout afterwards. I think he did something not great and started getting hated on by the fans or what exactly happened? Yeah, so his previous girlfriend to her, he who is his wife now, yeah, um, got her pregnant while they were in uh, a relationship. There we go. Um, so the fans, <laughs> the fans, the fans, they came out. The fans came at Chase, <laughs> sure. um, rightfully, I guess. Uh, sure. You know, um, so he had he had me, and that, that was about it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I kind of rode with him through it. Um, but Not to yeah. air out any dirty laundry, but I just remember there was like some controversy yeah. there, so I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that was his thing, man. I, um, yeah. you know, I tried to support him as best as I could. You know, I, I was going to ride with him no matter what. Yeah. Um, you know, and it is what it is. He's got, you know, he's very happy. He's got his child now is yeah. born. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, he's got another one and a wife. So, nice. you know, I think things, things went the way they were supposed to for sure, him. Sure. And so you were on there for three seasons. 
after the third, was it kind of a mutual thing of like, this isn't really, we don't need to continue this. Was it a choice by you? How did that end? Yeah, it was just a mutual like part of ways. Like we honestly really haven't had any communication since. Okay. Honestly, man, like she, she continued to do, um, you know, the online exercises and things that her and I were doing together. She brought another, um, another person on to fill my role who I think she probably just had a better relationship with. Um, so they continued to do their thing. We just have two totally different visions of what fitness should look like. Mm. Um, and we both knew that. Um, so we just mutually agreed to go different ways. And she brought her friend on and her friend is a phenomenal trainer. I respect her. Um, uh, but my move was, you know, I, I wanted to pair up with someone who had the same vision as me, who I really trusted in. Um, and that was my mom for me. Mm -hmm. And so did you start my training partners after that yep. process? Okay. Mm -hmm. So my training partners is starting to, you're starting to ideate about what this is. Is yep. this based off uh, kind of the following that you had gained from the show? Because it is this yeah. middle-aged female demographic and now you're finding, okay, the majority of the people that, that follow me and engage with me are this demographic. I've already kind of dabbled with working with them in the mm -hmm. past. Now I need to double down and build a business around this and yeah. kind of leverage what I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I told you earlier, like being on there and building an audience from it, I did feel like a sense of responsibility because I had a lot of DMS, a lot of questions, a lot of texts from people asking me what to do. And, you know, in the beginning, when I first started with, with Whitney, with PCOS, like I didn't know a ton about it, but like I made it like my responsibility to, to learn as much as I possibly could about it because I knew like that people were going to be coming to me as a trainer and as an expert in that field now. And I needed to like become that person. Um, so I felt a sense of responsibility and I felt like I had to learn as much as possible um, because those were the people that were coming to me now. And like I needed to be able to give them what they were coming to me for uh, and, not, and not bullshit them. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, it's, 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 it's a different type of training. Right. So like I, I could not train those people the same way as I had been training clients in the past. And you know, what, what, what Whitney and I were, had built together, it was really just like work out for 24 minutes a day and there was nothing else. Right. There was no accountability. There was no nutrition piece to it. So it was just that, which was fine. Um, but I wanted something to be more than that. I wanted what I had to be more than that. And in order for it to be more than that, I had to learn the other pieces. I had to learn the hormonal aspect. I had to learn the nutrition piece. I had to learn like all of these different things with sleep and stress and, and, and all of these different things that happen within, within, you know, women's bodies, like before they're, you know, going through menopause and after, or like, um, you know, when they're pregnant or after pregnancy, like all of these different things, um, that I, that I really just kind of dove into and built a team around me while I was familiarizing myself with all of that. Yeah. So the need kind of revealed itself to you mm -hmm. for the business. Cause you were like, I have all these people reaching out. I have to start something because I feel, you know, a responsibility Yeah, in a sense, in a sense. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and also it's like, I, as a business owner, like someone trying to build something big, I did have a small window where that had to be done. You know what I mean? Like I had eyes on me for, for a couple years, like that has definitely faded. Um, but I had, a, I had a small window where I knew like, if I really dig into this, then I can, then I can make it into something. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and you have that core base now who rock with you, very loyal base, and you've also transitioned your content. You include your son Maddox and a lot of that stuff, which yep. is really cool. I yep. love you. You're one of the funniest accounts I follow. <laughs> I don't follow any like dad accounts except yours. <laughs> yeah, and I love seeing the stuff, and yeah, he's always involved. So I've I've enjoyed that process as well, seeing you transition there. Yeah, you know, um, I'm definitely not the stereotypical fitness influencer, right? Like I'm not crazy ripped. Like I'm not. I'm just, I don't look necessarily like I think what a lot of fitness influencers want to look like. Um, but I'm not worried about numbers, man. I just, I, as long as I can build a loyal following and people who will hear the message, um, that is way more important to me. I know so many businesses in fitness uh, that, you know, do a million plus a year and they've got five, 6,000 followers of just ride or die people. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a little bit of a cheat code here with getting on TV and building uh -huh. that following for somebody yep. who maybe doesn't have that initial core following of folks like what strategies and what growth hacks are you seeing? I don't want to say hacks because there's no easy way to really do it. Yeah. But what strategies are you implementing now? And would you recommend somebody in the space kind of with that? You know, they have maybe have a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand, but they're trying to grow and grow strategically, not just get followers, but get followers that are going to be your core people that potentially yeah. are going to turn into customers, right? Yeah, I mean, so your loyalty is gonna be built like two ways, I've said it a couple of times, learned or earned, right? So you're gonna learn your experience or you're gonna earn your experience or you're gonna do both. Mm. So all of your customers are gonna come from one of those two different avenues, right? They're gonna, you're, they're, you're, you have to build yourself in those two ways. I like to do both, right? Like practice what you're preaching and also like constantly consuming as much as possible from people maybe that you don't believe in people that you do believe in like i want to see all different sides of everything um but just starting out like if i were to just start right now with no followers no nothing i would be giving out a lot of stuff for free mm -hmm. um, i would be letting a lot of people consume my content i would be giving out a lot of guides a lot of handbooks a lot of frameworks a lot of different things um, that are just free with as much value as possible. So people are asking me for more. Is that a mistake people are making is charging too soon and not giving enough value, you think? Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to make money, right? So it's like, it's hard, you know? I mean, when you start making money, when I was making no money at all, I, people would really piss me off when they would tell me it's not about the money, right? Because you're like, well, easy for you to say, like you have a million in the bank, like it's not about money for you, but like, for someone with nothing, it is about nice. money. Yeah. Money does matter, right? But um, I, I, um, I had a coach of mine for the past couple of years who t asked me if I'd be willing to completely punt my income for six months if that meant I would be set up for success for the next 10 years. And like, obviously, yes, right? But some people aren't. Um, but if you can do that, if you can somehow do that, if you continue to hustle and just pay for what you need to and scrape by, if you're willing to do that, um, then it's definitely worth it, right? And if you're putting out content, if you're giving out stuff for free that like truly has value, people are going to ask you for more. Mm -hmm. who, who coaches you? So you coach a lot of people. I'm just curious. Most coaches have coaches. Yeah. You have a business coach, life coach, fitness coach. What does that look like for you? Yeah, um, so... I have a couple business coaches. Um, I I have like a like a community growth coach um, who helps me just like with social media, 
um, and just like building my team and they're called clients and community. Um, it's like three, three different guys. Um, and then Jason Phillips is um, the CEO of NCI. It's the Nutritional Coaching Institute. Um, he was coached by Alex Ramosi. Um, and he is like, was like our business coach for a really, really long time. Um, so we still follow all of his stuff. And um, I was like one-on-one -on -one with him for at, at least just a year straight. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we're always, I'm always looking for coaches. I'm always watching, you know, I watch as much free stuff as I can. Sure. Um, we probably spend 50, 60,000 a year in coaching for ourselves. Yeah. It's an investment, but I think it's the best investment you can make um, in yourself is especially coming up, man. Like, it cuts years off of uh, your your process, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It has for me, at least. Just take little things from everyone, right? Like for a long time when I was, when I was coaching um, or when I was hiring coaches on, I found myself just like kind of regurgitating a lot of what they were saying, which is fine for a while, right? I mean, like I know that they don't mind, right? I, I mean, I'm always giving credit to the people who are coaching me. Um, but eventually you start to find your voice, right? Mm -hmm. And you pick little things that you hear that you really like. You pick little things that like, you know, that's not so much me or whatever. And, and, and most coaches are cool with that, right? Like they're all about like the ones that I've had, they want me to find my voice. And they're like, look, if you're going to coach someone, as long as you're like one to two chapters ahead of who you're coaching, then you're good. Like a lot of coaches are like, I need to be highest level expert before I start coaching people. And you just don't, mm -hmm. right? Like you can start coaching people if you're just one to two chapters ahead and you stay that way. Um, and for me, that's what it was with, especially the hormonal things, right? I just needed to be one or two steps ahead until I got to where I am now. It's a great, great way to phrase that. Cause I even remember in like in school, high school, back in the day, you <laughs> figure out like some of the teachers are just a chapter or two ahead oh, and bro, for the sure. class. Like that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. It's, it's down to like the high school teachers, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they read, they read that shit probably the morning before they asked you about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so some of that is there, you know, mm -hmm. some of that you have to do sometimes, you know, but if you, you have to stay that way. Right. I mean, you, there's, there's definitely a fine line. You don't want to bullshit people. You don't want to be like, I mean, because it's easy to point people in the wrong direction and then they end up counting their bites. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like you, you have to be careful with exactly what it is that you're coaching. Um, so having a coach that is coaching you to do the right things that you can just regurgitate until you're ready to find your own voice and your own framework, like that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I would love to, uh, get into the coaching side of things one yeah. day. Um, I, I'm kind of working on a little bit of a framework myself for what that looks like. I think personally for me, it would probably be working with people that aren't starting from zero. Uh, maybe they have more of a baseline because I feel like they would resonate with me more because yeah. I could be an intense dude yeah. and, uh, going from zero to literally a hundred sometimes is too much for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so how are you finding, you know, how are you continuing to grow? Um, and how are you finding those ideal clients currently with a different, kind of intake strategy that you had before because before you you had this constantly growing thing of social media and, and it probably is still growing because you do great content too yeah but how are you finding these people is it primarily word of mouth is it a lot of you know marketing facebook stuff like that like how are you finding them yeah so we we don't we don't do any ads we haven't done any ads or anything really up until now um we've just been 100 percent organic growth so my following comes really in a different way now i just 
I have a lot of people who ask me and, and mostly online people that I don't know that are like, why are you still using this like TV thing to like ride or whatever? And I'm like, this was a huge growth period of my life. Um, and I probably will use it until the day I die sure. in terms of just like sharing my experience from it. Um, and just like putting my, my brand and my team in front of people because we have built ourselves to the point where my team deserves to be recognized. So I'll do whatever it takes to put them in front of as many people as I can. And so I don't care if there's some internet troll telling me that I'm like riding a TLC show from two years ago. I really don't care. Yeah, let because, them comment and let them argue in the comments and get more engagement. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, my content has changed tremendously, right? Because it's just like, you know, um, you know, going back to what I said, I'm not, I'm not the stereotypical fitness influencer in terms of the way that I look, but I have found a way to position myself as a parent that is successful, that balances a lot of different things. And that is the type of person that I coach. Um, so I share my story. I speak to my audience. Um, I don't worry about when those people say that kind of stuff. I don't delete it. I don't care. I let everyone see it. I don't care. Um, you know, those people sometimes need the most help and will come to me later. Mm. So I'm not worried about deleting that stuff. I don't care what it looks like. Uh, and for a long time I did, I really, really cared like what perception of me on social media was out there and like what people thought about like <clears throat> me still saying, you know, two, three years later that I was on a show on TLC, whatever, like this was a huge growth period of my life. I'm going to share my experience. I want to help as many people as possible from it. And if that's 10 years later, so be it. I feel like people gravitate towards the authenticity too, you know, just yeah. speaking to your authentic self and who you actually are. Well, man, I mean, how many guys are there and girls on Instagram that are just flexing and saying, do you want to look like this and whatever? I'm like, we don't know how you got there or how you did it or like what made you want to do that or why you're doing it or any like, again, like there's those three categories, health, wealth, relationships. And it's like, unless you create your own subcategory, you are just a little fish in a big ocean of health. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you're just another guy flexing. Agreed. How do you, speaking of flexing, how do you, <laughs> how do you maintain your own, uh, you know, well-being and health with how busy you are with being a father and, you know, your wife and all these other mm -hmm. things that come into play. Like, how do you maintain balance for yourself? Yeah, I just found what I like. Um, I tried a lot of things. Uh, I found a lot of things that I don't like, and I found a couple things that I do. And I do the ones that I like, and I don't do the ones that I don't like. Uh, in terms of time, um, you know, my morning routine is super strict. I wake up at 4.30, um, and I probably have three hours before anyone even says a word to me that I can really lock in. Uh, I was not doing that forever, you know, but I've heard, and I'm sure you guys have too, of the most successful entrepreneurs saying, this is what time I wake up and whatever. And for a long time, I was like, I'm going to be the guy that reinvents the wheel. And I'm going to be the entrepreneur that gets super successful by waking up at eight. <laughs> and that never happened. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do what everyone did that just says that they're doing this. And then I started doing it and I'm like, I got three extra hours a morning, seven days a week. So I've got 21 extra hours a week, which is half of a normal person's work week um, that I just added on to my week. And at first, even with that, there was a growth period to it because I was like, I would wake up at 4.30 and then I would just like have coffee and watch sports. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I doing here? I might as well be sleeping. Like, 
So like you can wake up at 4.30 or like you can wake up at 4.30 with a plan and that's very different things, Yeah. right? It's like reading a book, but not applying anything that you're using. Like who cares that you read it? Like some people tell me that they're like, I'm going to read a, a, you know, a book a week. I'm like, I'd rather you just read the same one 10 times and then apply it. Totally. Right. Because it's like, I found myself waking up at four 30 just to wake up at four 30 to say, I wake up at four 30. I'm like, well, what am I do? I just watched the top 10 plays a thousand times. And like, here I am. Like I could have been just sleeping. I've been there. <laughs> I've, I've been there. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, cool. Like a couple people think that I get up at four 30 now and like, that's it. You know, um, social media is wild, man, because even when I first started doing it, it's like, I have so many people that are like, God, you get up so early. Uh, I did it on like day one and they're like, you wake up so early. How do you do it? I'm like, man, I just, today was the first day. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, there's people like Mark Wahlberg who get up at, what is he? Like two like 30 or something. Yeah. See, I'm really yeah. insane. But I'm not willing to sacrifice that, right? Like, I'm not going to go to bed at 7. No. Like, I'm not going to do that. And some people are willing to sacrifice that. So I guess before anything, like, figure out what are you willing to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Because, like, a lot of people are like, I want to be as wealthy or successful as Mark Wahlberg or Gary Vee or whatever, whoever it is. Like, sure. these people that you see. But then you see their routine and their schedule and you're like, do you really want that? Like you don't, you don't like, no. I don't like that would be cool to just have that income. Right. That's what people are saying. Right. Like I just right. want to, I just want to have those same income opportunities, whatever. Not but the like, work that comes with but it. But there's so much more that comes with it. Yeah. I know what my sacrifices are that I'm willing to make. I'm not willing to wake up at two 30. Um, but you know, the routine in the morning is huge for me, especially with a kid because I don't have quiet time. You know, so like the first like three hours are like super productive for me. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've eaten twice. My workout's done. I've done about an hour and a half of like online work and I've read for 30 minutes and it's eight o'clock. Right? Yeah. So like, even it's if a I, full day for most, right, people. even if I do nothing else the entire day, it's like, all right, I still like had a pretty good day today. Totally. Yeah. You can get so much done, you know, uninterrupted three hours oh, yeah. in the morning. You can yep. get so much done. Um, and it's easy to set your phone down at that time too, man, because no one's calling, no one, no one's, no one's posting. There's nothing to look at. They're like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Some people, social media has become such a huge part of our lives that we're all constantly checking this and that and the other thing. And I'm guilty of it too. But like, that's a time where like, I don't find myself wanting to do that because there's just, there's nothing there. Yeah. In your position, I'll call it an influencer, you use that term. Do you feel the need to post every day or multiple times a day to kind of keep up with trends and get in front of the audience? Or what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's a part of the business for sure. Right. I mean, another thing that pisses me off is when people say like, we call influencers or whatever you want to call it, like not a real job. Because social media is such a huge part of everyone's life. And it's honestly like if you can get good at it, you can be one of the most successful people like in like a work and in the entire working class. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a real job and it is a really big part of uh, entrepreneurship. And I think when people finally identify it as that and consider it like a part time job, that's when they start to be successful at it because yeah. you have to contribute so and so many hours per week. I've started looking at it like that and finally started to see the growth, but it wasn't until I looked at it as a part-time job and like I needed to commit 
to it every single week that I yeah. started to see that. But some, some people don't want to do that, right? Like some people that aren't building businesses and whatever, like my, my sister's a doctor, like she doesn't care. Like she sure. just, she wants to follow her friends and her family and whatever. And that's fine. Right. But like for people who want to build a business and like share their message and what they're building, like outside of their city and their social circle, social media is a must. You have to. Yeah. It's fun when you get dialed into you. I'm sure you've been there before where it's like the content kind of comes easy almost. So yeah. you don't have to think about it. It's just something that is, you know, second nature. It's like you don't have to think about, um, you know, sit there and brainstorm. And although once a week I try to brainstorm about, you know, new content ideas and everything. But the sweet spot is when there's a little bit of that, but there's just a lot of creativity and you're just like, it right, happens the, almost on the fly, right? It's the easy stuff too that hits, man, yeah, that people connect <laughs> with that you're just like, huh. Yep. And then like the stuff that you put all this time and editing and effort and whatever into, and you're like, this is going to blow up. Yep. Never, Never happens. Does. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, put on a, put on a, a video of you tying your shoes and waking up and just being the regular person. And people are like, oh, I connect with that. It's funny because one of my videos of me tying my shoes went off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. What? In the, in the dog video. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's the same one? I was tying my shoes with Miley in it and it just went crazy. Yeah. But that's the best. Uh, my, my final question is around fatherhood and how that changed your life and, and your perspective and your balance on a lot of things because that's something my wife and I are gearing up for in the next you know year or two. Yeah. After he was born what changed you know was that a, a big struggle at the beginning it seems like you've balanced it out really well at this point but what did that look like yeah so um you know i talked a little bit about my my dad at the beginning just like what he does it's actually my stepdad mm -hmm. so my my biological dad left me and my family when i was like two years old so i wanted to make it when i found out that i was going to be a dad like i wanted to make it a point to like you got, you got really like two choices in the situation. And then it's like, you can be a victim of this or you can be like, this is, I've, I was taught what not to do. Right. And I needed to like use this as like, I'm not going to like be like, I don't know what to do. Like everyone, like, look at me, like feel bad for me. I didn't have a, I didn't have a dad. My dad left me or whatever. Like I was taught something still not like I was just taught what, what not to do. So I just, my biggest thing was like, I wanted to just make sure that I was, I am for my son, like everything that I grew up, like wishing that I had for myself. Um, so that has pushed me in my relationship and in, in business, like athletically, um, just like as a leader, as, as, as everything, uh, just making sure that like, I, I learn from that example. I don't repeat the steps because man, like, if this had happened to me, like, like my, my wife getting pregnant, if this had happened to me when I was 24, 25, like I was just, I was just not a good person. Mm. I was in a really bad place. I made really bad decisions. I did not care about other people. I didn't care about other people's feelings. Like I lied, I cheated, I stole, like I did really horrible things that I'm willing to own up to. And I, like, if I wouldn't have made the changes that I did leading up to having him, like, he would have had a similar upbringing that I did. Um, so I'm super thankful um, that the years leading up to him coming, like I started to make some changes in my life because I was, I was just, I was not a good friend. I was not a good 
to whoever I dated, boyfriend, like I was not a good employee, like I was just not that person. Um, I was lucky that this happened when it did because I had I had spent some really good time um, the years coming up to it, like trying to transform myself. And some of those things come up, right? Like I was on TV and so some of those things have caught up to me and like people have brought them to the surface and said things about me and whatever. Um, but I just, I don't run from it. Um, I just own it, man. I, I was, I probably was most of the things that people have said that I am. Um, I'm confident that I'm not now and I know how to teach my son to be like the person that I have from, from 30 until now and not from when I was 18 to 30. Mm -hmm. Um, I've lived it, you know, I lived that experience. And so every day, man, it's just, it's really cool working from home. Uh, it's really cool being around him every day. I'm glad that I was that person and that some of those things happened to me because I know like what, like a teenage and 20 year old, like boy is going to get into now. Like I did the worst of the worst. Um, and I'm going to be like super prepared for it. So like for a while, I was really ashamed of a lot of the things that I did, um, even to people that were really close to me, right? My family and my like really, really good friends. Um, but like the timing couldn't have been better because now I'm I, like, I see things really clearly. I, I, and I, and I know like how I want to teach him, um, because of the mistakes that I've made. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Cool, man. You have anything else? No, I think it's a great place to, to end. Appreciate the conversation. Yeah. Great Thanks, story. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with your continued success with the business, all that good stuff. If people would like to reach out with you, where, where should they find you? Yeah. My Instagram's Ryan Andreas underscore. Um, I answer all my own messages on there. And that's one thing I'm not willing to, not willing to pass off. So it's always me. Um, my, my Facebook group that we have for our training is, uh, my training partners. So any one of those two spots, um, yeah, cool, appreciate you guys awesome. having me. Appreciate thank you. Man. Thanks. Thanks guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your support on each and every episode of the hybrid human podcast. It really means the world to us. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe to the channel. Stay up to date with new content moving forward.